thing my whole life. Suffered for the art, that's why I'm so nice. I've been doing this thing my whole life. Suffered for the art, that's why I'm so nice. You want What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Jake, the Mississippi Superman Reeves. And I'm accompanied by my homie, Wesley, the Armadillo Wrangler Dunham. What's, go- what's going on, boss? How much, man? Boss Hog. Wrangled up about 30 armadillos today. Damn. 30. 30. 31 to be exact. Wow. That's a lot of armadillos. Would you catch them? With my bare hands. Where? Oh, uh, I can't give that location. Okay. How do you how do you make a living wrangling armadillos? You sell them to who? Cajuns. Wow, not a lot of Cajuns around here. Do you <laughs> load them up on a truck and haul them down there? I don't know. Do you, I wonder if they eat, they eat all kinds of stuff. I don't believe they buy armadillos though. They might. It's called possum on half shell when you eat it. If you ever hear about if you ever hear about rednecks or Do people really eat them, hillbillies eating possum on half shell. Mm-hmm. That's armadillo. That's what that is. I knew they eat all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. The possum too, you know people. People down here, we used to eat possum. Yeah. I don't know anybody that eats possum anymore, though. My wife thought I was weird because I ate squirrel. I got a good friend of mine that eats squirrel. I eat squirrel. Who, you don't eat squirrel? I've never had it. I've had. Well, I take it back. I've had it one time, and it was in a Brunswick stew with rabbit and deer meat. So I don't. I, I couldn't barely count. Yeah, so it ain't bad. It ain't bad. A lot of people act like it's weird to eat to eat squirrel, but but I don't know. I mean, I grew up squirrel. I just punched my microphone. Um, I grew up eating it though, so yeah, I got a good friend that makes uh, squirrel dumplings. It's like yeah. he loves squirrel. Dumplings. Yeah, it ain't bad. It ain't bad at all. I mean, it's like chicken and dumplings. Only to me, it's a little bit better. Hmm. I like I personally like squirrel and dumplings. Squirrel dumplings better than chicken dumplings. Now I say that I ain't had squirrel dumplings since I was a kid. I haven't eaten it much since I was a, since I was since I became an adult. Now something me and Canyon used to do, and Canyon used to live with me. I used to keep a uh, a little Ruger twenty two with a scope on it by our back door. And uh, I had a lot of. We lived in the neighborhood in New Hope, um, on Quint Street, and we used to. I'd keep the little either by my window or by the back door. And when squirrels would come, and they'd be down there just nibbling down there in the backyard, we'd get out there with that gun and pop them, run out there real quick, take our knife out, gut it, skin it, throw it in a plastic bag, put it in the freezer. Dang. Yep. Some of them got some meat on it, like those ones uh, they call fox squirrels. Oh, yeah. Those There's dudes. a lot of those over in Artesian. Dude, those things yeah, are some, big. Those things are there's some big boys. I don't guess I've ever eaten one of them, though. I like we to used try to, some squirrel dumplings. I used to, we used to squirrel hunt a lot, or a little bit. and uh, But we cheated. We didn't do it the right way. <laughs> what we used to do is we'd take a, take a 22 and a shotgun, and we'd walk out in the woods until we saw his nest. And we'd take a 22 and shoot up in the nest. And I think this is illegal. Get them to scattering, and then they'd run out of the nest, and we take a shotgun and boom, blow them out of the tree. That's how yeah, we used to do it. Do Pretty do. sure it's illegal. Pretty sure it's illegal. But we did it some when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, hmm. hunting yeah. squirrels, ma'am. Hunting squirrels, hunting, uh, hunting uh, rabbit. You know, we hunted rabbits some. You know, um, I've never hunted squirrel. We didn't deer hunt as much as a lot of other people around here did, though. We did it, but you know what surprised me? Being from Mississippi, that Jared the other night said he had never. Deer Jared hunted. had never went deer hunting. That That's crazy. In I don't. I don't understand how you can live in Mississippi and never go deer hunting one time. I mean, not I mean, even try it. I know it. I mean, it's what it's what we do around here. Here's the thing: everybody talks about there's nothing to do. It's not there's nothing to do. It's just it's different things to do. You know, we like to we mud ride, deer hunt, 
you know, shoot guns. That's the kind of stuff we, that we do down here. And I just can't even imagine being from the South in general, especially rural part of the South like this, yeah. like out in the country. Never hunting. And never have gone deer hunting. I don't go very much. I haven't been in a long time. I don't either. I enjoy it. I'm not a fanatic about it. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it. I think I'm, I've been, you know what? It's all about just for me getting in the habit of doing things. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not in the habit of doing it. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I would like to go this year. I want to start taking the boys. There's just, there's something primal about hunting. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of tells you everything you need to know about the human race because we want to hunt. Even people that don't hunt want to hunt. You just don't know it. Like, you you want to go out there and hunt for your food. That's, like, we're at a point now, you don't save any money by hunting for deer than you would by going and buying it hardly. Mm-hmm. By the time you buy the camo, the guns, the ammunition, if you've got a, a lot of folks join hunting clubs, they're paying monthly, they're paying a, you know, a yearly due to a hunting club. They're going out there, then they kill it, then they have the meat, pay to have the meat processed. Yep. By the time they get done, bro, they paying, they paying top dollar for that deer meat. That's like when people say, hey, I know you killed a deer, can I have some of that meat? And you're like, uh, absolutely not. You can have a little bit, uh, absolutely, maybe. Absolutely, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's some expensive meat, dog. Yeah, like, it's, you re- it's reassuring, too. Like, when you kill it and you know you, you got that meat on your table, you're like, all right. Got it. I got it. I yeah. get it. I, you know, it just, the question is, could you do it without the feeders? Could you do it without the salt block? Could you do it without the... I think you could. I think I could. It just, it would take, take more longer. discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I've never bow hunted, though. I never so have I, either. I can't say that I... I never have. I'd, I'd like to, though. I'd like to go bow hunting. You I, know, the thing is, though, people talk about bow hunting instead of hunting with guns. Uh, like, if, if shit were to hit the fan and we couldn't get guns anymore. Um, where are you gonna get arrows, dog? Arrows be busting too. Yeah, you know, like I just like, can you make an arrow? If you can't make an arrow, then you just it, it might as well be a bullet. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I got like several slingshots at the house, but I mean, you like oh slingshots, but I mean, you could kill a squirrel, a squirrel, a turkey. Yeah, can you, you kill? Can you kill a turkey with a slingshot? I bet you could if you got close enough. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm not, I don't. I don't little, turkey hunt. I don't either. But I mean. Little ball bearings, like little ceramic bearings. Now, I believe you kill a squirrel or a rabbit with one. Easily. Yep. For sure. No doubt. Yep. Have you seen that guy? There's a guy, he's an expert shot with a slingshot. No. Nah. He's like a he's it's insane. Mo, can we pull a video of this up? Um, see if we can find it. It's uh no, I don't know his name. We're just gonna have to that's what Google's for. I don't know. Uh an expert shot, that's pretty cool. He he'll, he's a killer. He's like I mean, he can shoot birds out of the sky just about. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Expert slingshot. Let's see here. Yeah, Carolina camera, the slingshot man. That's him right there. Let's pull that up. That's not a high-tech slingshot. No, it's like an old-school slingshot. Let's pull that up on the screen. Let's look at the slingshot man. This dude's insane. That's pretty cool. uh, I'm I'm just going to let you watch the video. but All right. Going into theater mode. Here we go. Window capture. Let's go. He's not easy to find. There's no sound on this, is there? Oh, okay. that leads you past acres of tall corn. 
And there you'll find Rufus Hussey. I mean, I know there's sound on the, the video. With the slingshot. But is there? No, he's going to be good. He's got overalls. The feller. Yeah, he's out in the country. I'm the one. He's front the one. Probably the one. With slingshot <laughs> I'm the bean shooter man. Pellets, is Rufus Hussey is known far and wide as the bean shooter man. Translated, that simply means he is awesome with a slingshot. Look at it. At a particular place, you want me to hit the last one? Hit it right on the Pepsi. How about that? Let's hit the blue. The blue, all right. No, I'm not a show off. I'll just give you the facts, and that ain't sufficient, we'll. Go to something else. This is my kind of folks right here. <laughs> well, the facts are that Rufus Hussey's been deadly accurate with a bean shooter since he was 10 years old. But it was no childhood game then. It was a matter of survival. A lot of times when you uh, had that, you ended up something to eat where you didn't have it if you didn't have it along with you. Rufus was part of a poor farm family of 13. He used the slingshot because only his oldest brother was allowed to use the shotgun to hunt rabbit. Well, the rabbit is they use this thing there to kill. See the seal stick there? That way to hit him in the head, you wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. bother his body. You just yeah. nicked it, didn't you? That's right, hit him in the head, but now I'll show you how to hit the whole rabbit. A whole rabbit or a whole walnut? Rufus can get either one. You got him. At the age of 65, Rufus's eyesight is also good enough to use these rocks to pick off a quarter in midair. There he goes. Yeah, you hit it. Is the evidence there? The evidence is here. You that's got it. That's souvenir. Uh, the evidence is a chip just left of the L in Liberty. Rufus says he can't really explain how he does it, especially since he doesn't aim the slingshot. You want to see your target, first thing. Right. It don't make no difference where you have this hand, but the one up front ought to control it. The one up front controls Right. See the jug? Yes, sir. Rufus makes all his own slingshots, mostly using dogwood. Rufus finds wood in the natural oh, shape of a slingshot. He doesn't carve them. Like you're saying, if, if it ever hits the fan, I mean, slingshots, baby. You can get you food. I believe slingshots are the future. I don't think I can make an arrow like you said. No, I don't think I could either. I'm not. I'm not that. But I can make a slingshot. I believe. Of course. I believe I can make a slingshot, especially if I was hungry. Yeah. I mean, you get me hungry, I'll make whatever I got to make. Early you know. Trapping. Yeah. Got any traps? Mm -mm, any never, live traps or nothing? No. Nah. Oh, really? I keep a couple live traps. Because I had a raccoon problem. Raccoons kept getting in my trash can. And uh, I started uh, I started putting out live traps, and I'd catch them. And then uh, what I'd do is I'd go out there with my rifle, and I'd stick the barrel of the rifle down in the cage, mm -hmm. and the raccoon would bite it. And when the raccoon bit it, I'd shoot it. Take him out. You know, I just sell their hides and stuff. People buy them all day long. Who buys them? Now, I don't know who buys them, but I used to, I work, I used to work with a female. Um, it, when I was I've heard people claim to sell them. Well, yeah, her and her boyfriend, they, they trap them all the time. They sell them, she said claims like they sell them to a guy in Aberdeen. But, you know, because they, they got bones in their, in their uh, genitalia, their penis. What does that got to do with anything? I don't know. Some people like them to make necklaces and stuff. They want to make penis necklaces? It's like Raccoon a bone. penis necklaces. It's like a bone. I don't know. That, that's just what Mine's I heard. Mine's like I'm a bone, too. I don't <laughs> want nobody to make a necklace out of it. But I, I don't know. People still buy them. She says she sells them to a guy. Raccoon. Hold on now. 
raccoon penis necklaces. Yes, yeah, a bone though. There's a bone it's in the like penis. A real bone. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm following you. There's a bone in the penis of the raccoon, which I didn't know. And people sell that bone, and they make necklaces out of them. Yep. Is that a fact? See if you can find it. Mo. See if you can a raccoon. Raccoon penis necklaces, necklaces, Mo. Let's pull that up on the screen. Raccoon penis necklaces. That's that's some wild stuff right there. I don't know if I'm. You got to show me that one. I've been I've been country my whole life, Wes. I've been country my whole life. I mean, I'm just telling you what I I've been told. I ain't never heard of a raccoon penis bone necklace. I'll be dang. There it is. It's a. I'll be dang. The show is. Huh. On Etsy. They're selling raccoon penis necklaces on Etsy. So y'all get on Etsy for $33. Y'all get on Etsy and get your raccoon penis bone necklace. And it's got 92% five-star reviews. That's, that's this weird. penis necklace is getting five-star <laughs> reviews, y'all. They ain't playing. Ain't no games with this penis necklace. Raccoon penis necklaces. I mean, we are in Mississippi. Who yeah. in the hell wants to wear a penis necklace around their neck? I mean, that one's for 33 bucks. If you're who, selling them left and right. Then. Who? But listen. Listen to me, Wesley. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want one. Who wears that shit? I mean, I don't know. Somebody. Look It might now. be for like when you're hunting. It might be a good luck charm. A good. Like a rabbit's foot. A good <laughs> luck charm. I don't need nothing else's penis on me but, but mine when I'm hunting. I know it. That's crazy. What's can we look up what the purpose of them is? What's yeah, what the, is the purpose of that? Why why is that a thing? Let's go back here. Raccoon. There's a bunch it's of different styles too. Man, look at that one around there. That that was all whole I mean, it's just like a whole bunch of them. I didn't I don't guess I've ever seen one because I didn't think it was gonna be shaped like that. That's kind of weird. Just explain. It's a sexual amulet used in the U.S. South, Midwest, and parts of Appalachia. It can be worn as a necklace, or gamblers will wrap a $20 bill around it, tie it with a red thread, and keep it in their pockets to improve fortunes. So it is a, huh. it is a, it's a good luck charm and a sexual amulet. Well, yeah, like a rabbit's foot. Yeah. I'll be dang. That's weird. I learned something. Today. I'll be dang. I've never heard of that in my life. I know. I, I, I grew up in North Alabama and Mississippi. Uh, the only two places I've ever lived. I've seen a lot of country things. I've known people that ate possum. I've never done it myself, but I've known people to eat possum. I've um, I've seen some wild things out there in the country, but I have never, seen, never seen someone uh, wear a raccoon penis necklace. Never heard of it. Never even never even heard of it. Like a lot of things, like I've never, I've never eaten possum, and I've never been present when somebody ate possum. See, I ain't messing with no possum. Possums are nasty. Well, that's like a lot of that stuff that they, I say Cajuns, but I know people eat it around here too. But like frog legs and uh, I'll eat frog legs. I've never had them. Really? Well, I'll, I'll eat frog legs. I think I've tried one one time. Um, They're not bad. That used to be a hotel down the road. It used to be called Landmark. Remember they had a restaurant in there. Yep. Called the Atrium, and they had them. I, th I tried one there one time, but I don't even think I swallowed meat. You spit it out? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't like it? I don't, it was a frog leg. I couldn't get past the, I don't know. I, I've eaten them. They weren't, it wasn't bad. You eat uh, You eat gator? I have had gator, yeah. That ain't bad. No, it's not it's bad like tough chicken. Yeah, I've had that several several times. It's yeah, good. good sauce on it. It's yeah. fried gator tail with a little 
Romelade sauce or something. Yep. Um, oh, am I saying that right? Romelade, Romelade. I think so. Yeah. Whatever. Romelade, Romelade. But yeah, that, that's not bad. But man, I don't know. That's uh, I I can't get past a raccoon penis necklace. I just that's, don't believe that's going to be something I can. I'm gonna be able to. It's almost like a uh, like a voodoo, not voodoo, um, yeah, like a yeah, like a type thing, something. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever uh, you ever been in any of them voodoo shops down there in New Orleans? I've only been to New Orleans once, and that was when we went for the. Oh, that's the only time you've ever been to New only Orleans. Time I've ever been really. Yep, I've been to New Orleans more times than I care to admit. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it down there. I used to. First couple times I went, I really liked it. I don't recall ever even driving through there. I think that was one and only time I've ever been there. Through there, that was a good trip. I had fun on that I enjoyed trip. That. that was fun. That was a good trip because we had a whole bunch of people down there. Um, one of my last times going, I went down there for a uh, combat business event, mm-hmm. and it was during the COVID shutdown. So most of the bars were shut down. A lot of the restaurants were, and everybody was still wanted to wear masks. And there wasn't a lot of tourism yeah. at the time. So a lot of places shut down. And I didn't know this, but regular people don't live in New Orleans. I didn't realize that. Well, not in downtown, anyway. Not in the not in the city part. There's just no regular people there. When you go visit New Orleans and you see regular people, those are tourists. Okay. When I went, the only people that were left there were Lake Charles refuge, refugees, mm-hmm. and there were the locals. And all the locals were just either the people that worked in the shops. Or the crazy people scratching their necks and talking to themselves. <laughs> and that was it. I swear it was like I was on an episode of The Walking Dead. There are no normal New Orleansers. Huh, I don't okay. know what the term for people from New Orleans is. Apparently not. They're all crazy. They're all crazy homeless people. Or they're the people that work like in tourism. Yeah. That are you see on the scene because they're working. But as far as out that we're out walking the street, I've never been offered uh I've never been offered acts of homosexuality and hardcore drugs so often in my life. And I will say, there's something about me that makes people want to offer me drugs. Mm-hmm. I get offered hard drugs a lot. I did that. When we were down there, I got offered drugs, but not anything homosexual. Uh, I had a guy, last time I was down there, it was me, Alan, Lexi, and, and ba- my wife, Balin. So it was me, Alan Belcher, and Balin, and at that time, Alan's fiance. And uh, we all went to go hang out somewhere. And uh, there was this guy, these two guys, these two men, were walking around, and they looked up, and they saw us, and they started yelling. And I, like, hitting on, like, who I, what I believe was Balin and Lexi. Okay? Um, you know, we got two. They were hitting on Balin? Yeah, that we had two attractive women who were sitting up there with us, and they start yelling up at them. So I'm like, well, I'm going to yell back at them, kind of defend on my woman's honor, you know, like, kind of. I didn't say anything out of the way. I was just like, does that work for you, boss? Like, <laughs> like those lines, does that work? Does that ever got you anywhere? Like, what are you doing? Um, well, they kept going. And I couldn't really understand what they were saying, but they were yelling, and I kind of yelled back at them, kind of like mess with them. Um, they were not yelling at Balin and Lexi. They were yelling at me and Alan. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so uh, the conversation progressed, and once I realized that I was the one being hit on, I did not know how to proceed. Uh, he just caught, caught off guard. I was very caught off guard, and then he, uh, they went and they, they had a little box with them. I don't know what was in the box, but I can guess because they each dipped down to the little box and snorted something out of the box. Mm. Then looked up at me, yelled something, and then pulled his penis out and presented it to me. Really? Uh, yeah, that's a fact. 
That is 100% a fact. That's what happened. Um, and uh, I to that, I, I mean, I was upstairs. I was on a balcony. So it's not like we were in like, we couldn't really hear each other well, and it was loud. And even though it wasn't anybody on the street, Harley, and then also, like, it's not like we could get to them or they could get to us. But I didn't know how to respond to that. He pulled his he pulled his penis out and showed it to us, and it wasn't necessarily a penis that I would have <laughs> shown off. You know what I mean? It's cocaine not necessarily a hell of a drug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gives you a confidence. It does. Cocaine gives you a confidence that you would not have normally had because it was not an impressive yeah. penis. I don't think that I've ever in my life been hit on by um, a gay man. That really? I can, that I can recall. I need to spit my gum out, but I don't even where to spit it out. I've been hit on hit on by gay men. Uh, hey, is there a little piece of paper over there, Mo? I've been hit on by gay men several times. I remember the first time it happened, and I got more comfortable. I'm gonna be honest with you. I kind of like it, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not trying to. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to come off homophobic here, uh, or insensitive or whatever. But I kind of like it. But the first time it happened, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. First time it happened, I was 17 years old. Might have been 18, but I'm pretty sure I was 17 years old. But here's the thing. I looked older. Mm-hmm. I did look older, and I was in um, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I was in a hotel. It was a, the nicest hotel I'd ever been in. Uh, it was a hotel in Fort Lauderdale where you walk in, and it was the inside of the hotel was, like, hollow, and you could kind of see. It was like a motel on the inside where you could see all the way up with the with the rooms on the outside, and there was, like, this big garden with a stream running through it in in the middle of the in the middle of the hotel and it was marble floors and uh i don't know what this hotel was called but um super nice and they had the gift shop and apparently in nicer hotels this is common but you know i'm just uh i'm just old bumpkin so i don't know yeah we went in then there was like louis v and gucci in the in the gift shop of the hotel like they were selling like name brand designer yeah uh really nice stuff in there usually when i go to a gift shop hotel it's you know you get you a little button, or a, you know, you like get a you a, you get you a get you a Snickers bar, you know, whatever. Yeah. So uh, I get there, and there was this business event. I get in the hotel elevator, and it took me a. And do you know what? To this day, the guy may not have been hitting on me. I don't know. That's why I took it. I'm gonna tell the story, okay? I'm sitting <laughs> in this elevator. This uh, Asian man looked like he was probably in his late 20s, early 30s. Gets in there. Uh, he's dressed extremely nice he has a suit on and uh i was like hey how you doing he's i'm good how are you and i was like i'm good and he gets in the elevator and he says uh uh do you know any clubs around here and i was like uh no i'm not from here he goes i mean like gay clubs and then winks at me (laughs) and i was like hmm still not from here (laughs) that didn't change anything you know what i mean like i don't know I didn't. I wasn't from here when you asked the question the first time, and I'm not from here now. And uh, like you was in town just for that. Then like, he <laughs> smiled real big at me and just kind of stared at me, and I was just kind of like, I don't know if he could tell that I was from Mississippi, and he just wanted to make me uncomfortable, or if he just was hitting on me. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I'm, I've been very sheltered from from homosexuality in my life. Yeah. Um, and never was that so evident as when I was in San Francisco. Have I ever told you about that one? And then that uh, other guy, he, he was smiling at me out in the parking lot too, and I told my 
my cousin and my mom and which were all we were all there as a family and we I went and told them about it and they laughed and whatever. Yeah, you might have told me about the one in San Francisco. I can't remember. Yeah, when we were in San Francisco, so I made a I made a grave error error when I was in uh, San Francisco. Um, I had not partaken in any form of cannabis in many 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 years probably since i was 18 or 19 years old and at this point i'm 27 oh, before 28 before that trip Whoa, almost wow. 10 years no cannabis <laughs> no no marijuanas cigarettes of any kind no edibles i'd never had edibles before other than maybe like some really weak edibles that like yeah. somebody i knew had made and i didn't get high from so um we were we were in san francisco we were at this really nice upstairs bar and uh, Hannah and Balin went to my wife went to the dispensary without talk, telling me they were going, which I didn't care. I was up there, and Sean Whalen from Lions Not Sheep had had spoke that day, and it was a whole bunch of like big bigger names in the MMA community, especially the gym owner community, like Rory Singer and uh, Mike Stewart and Sean Whalen and Alan Belcher and Paul Hallmay. It was all these guys from combat business that were there, and it was this great event. The event was awesome, and we go up to this bar and Balin and Hannah get back and they're high as a kite. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they are three. I'm no Balin. No Balin really would not, would not appreciate me telling this, but uh, they were just like, it went in Rome. Right. Yeah. So they took, they had, they had bought these little gummies and they had each taken a gummy and just thrown it. done. Do it. So I, they were like, man, it, and it hit them in like 10, 15, 20 minutes is what, what they said. Now it may have been a placebo effect, but, uh, Balin's like, this is awesome. Like, you know, like I was like, well, let me get one. I took it. Twenty minutes go by. I don't feel anything. Well, I'm thinking, well, I'm just a bigger guy, you know. So it makes oh, sense that edibles are not gonna <laughs> affect me like that. So I took another one. Yeah. Um, I know you know this part of the story. I don't know yeah. if you know the, the 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 gay part of the story. Twenty another twenty minutes go by. I still don't feel anything. So I take another. So I'm thinking the tw I'm thinking that it's a twenty minute interval. Uh, is how long it takes you to, to hit you. So every twenty minutes, I'm taking another edible. I don't remember yeah. what the gram, what the what the gram, how many grams were in each one. I, it wasn't a real high dosage, but yeah, but it was that enough. Many years in between. So I end up taking four, and so we're about an hour and a half in, and I'm starting to feel high. And I'm like, I do feel high, but I'm definitely good for another one because like, <laughs> like this isn't. That, I'm not that high, you know what I mean. So I take the fifth one. So I take my fifth edible. Wow. And um, I was along for the ride at that point. I was, oh, yeah, there's no turning back. I was along for the ride. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a spectacularly magical night. I'm going to be honest with you because something, the, the ground in, in San Francisco, I really noticed that night, was sparkly. <laughs> and I will also say those big steep hills we kept having to walk up were not tiring to walk up when you're that high. Yeah. Um, but we're walking – I don't know who anybody is other than the people I came with. And I knew everybody there, but I could not remember who any of them were. I'm I'm just, I'm looking at them like, who is that? And I'm jumping and, and I'm all over the place. And we get to this uh, bar inside of a hotel and there's this big pool in the middle and it's like a, like a jungle theme. There's, there's plant life everywhere. And then there's this big totem pole with a big angry head at the top of it, which comes in play later because um, it freaks me out. And I get there and you know I'm just an old boy from Mississippi. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I like I I've done some things, but like I ain't spent a lot of time in California. I ain't spent a lot of time in a lot of places. I haven't traveled that much. 
and uh, I get there, and I notice uh, there's this guy, and he's out on the dance floor, and he's dancing like a girl would dance, mm. okay? And I understand that that's, you know, hey, man, you do you and whatever, but high me couldn't process it. So I was staring at him, <laughs> and I was looking at him like, man, that is peculiar. That is, ain't that something? Look at that old boy out there just... He is just dancing like an old girl. Like, he's just getting, he's twerking and, and vibing. I'm like, that is strange to look at. And uh, he sees me staring at him, and he starts making eye contact with me and dancing and holding eye contact. Oh, he takes it the wrong way. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, my. What's going on? But I'm locked in. I can't look away. I'm just locked into him. I'm just like, he just, his eyes just, just lock with my eyes. And I'm just like, what in the world is happening? And it's not dawning on me that he thinks I'm yeah. coming on to him. And he's now reciprocating that. By the way, super easy to get laid if you're gay, apparently. Cause in San Francisco? Uh, pff, or Fort Lauderdale, anywhere I go, there's gay people. It's apparently not that hard because dudes are easy to talk into getting in the bed with you. And so you got to, it's almost like being a girl. You know, yeah. you can sleep with as many people as you want. So, uh, he's like, he's like dancing at me and he starts like dancing toward me and like walking toward me while he's dancing. And I just, I didn't have the, I mean, I'm five edibles in, man. I don't have the mental capacity <laughs> just to, the ground, to right? handle this in a mature <laughs> manner. Okay. I just didn't have the capacity to be mature in this situation. And so he dances toward me. And as he's dancing toward me, he gets probably from me to the camera right there. And, uh, I run as fast as I can. I just bolt. I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. I was so high, and I just I look at him, and he gets probably from here to there, and he started, you know, over there where the relentless like sign is right there, probably you know twenty feet away, mm -hmm. and then he got about six seven feet away, and I was just like, oh no, and so I take off running, and then I look around, and there's a lot of dudes acting that way in there, and I'm realizing that it's a gay bar, okay? Oh, we're in a gay bar. Or at least a bar with a heavy population of homosexual men. Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know what qualifies. So he was something thinking you knew what you were doing coming right. in. Right. I'm. I'm okay, yeah, yeah. He thinks I'm just like. Yeah. I know what's up. Uh, so I go to the people with us. Now the other people with us are from Wash. You know, Seattle. They're from larger metropolitan areas up north or mm -hmm. you know out west. And I'm like, guys, this is a gay bar. <laughs> we got to get the fuck out of here. And they're like, what? And I'm like, guys, we got to go. We don't belong. This isn't our scene. And they're like, it's fine. And I'm like, is it? I don't think we're supposed to be here. And so. Um, so they wanted to go there? Apparently. Apparently it was the plan. I don't know. Huh. Oh, they didn't care yeah. when we got there. So I went to the bathroom and I got lost in the mirror for about 30 minutes. And um, we all know if you, if you smoke, you know. You know what I'm talking about. It happens. I got lost in the mirror for about 30 minutes, just examining myself and life and my <laughs> face and really coming to terms with the person looking back at me in the mirror was me, and that's what I look like. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, my God, like, t like touching your face. And uh, I walk back outside, and then Alan's getting hit on. Mm. And so I, I'm watching Alan get hit on, and he's super hot. It makes him really uncomfortable. And so that made me laugh. And then I start laughing really, really hard, and I just can't stop. You yeah. know, I'm just dying laughing. And then I look up, and I see that totem pole with a big angry head on the top of it. 
and I was done. And it throwed you down. I was done. I was. I had to, I had to get out of there. Yeah. I was done. I waited outside. I think the rest for everybody else to get done. The environments can be overwhelming. Yeah, it was just too much. Yeah. I was. I was away from home. And away from home with nothing, too, mind you, because... Is it really that hilly? In San oh, yeah. I mean, there's Absolutely. not any flat spots at all? I mean, I'm not saying there's not any flat spots, but not many. I mean, it's... I mean, it's just like the movies. It's yeah. super s- steep hills. I mean, just one... And then you get to the top of this one, and it'll kind of flatten out, and then it does it again. Wow, that's wild. I mean, it's just... It's super steep, yeah. Yeah, very, very hilly. Not a lot of, not a lot of flat spots. We decided we were going to push our bicycles up to the top of the hill. And ride them. There's this little road down there that that's like a little snake winding. It's like famous. Apparently, there's cars that drive on it. And we like we're trying to push our bikes to the top of the hill to ride down that road. And probably a really good thing that we didn't. Um, but we end up stopping short because Balin was just like, I can't do it, y'all. Like I can't, I can't make this. You know, me and Alan and Hannah, I think we probably would have done it. But then the bikes kept breaking down, so we had to get new bikes. Um. Uh, like rental bikes okay. yeah yeah you just run them with your phone or whatever i ended up spending i'm gonna be honest with y'all i spent uh spent a good four or five hundred dollars on bike and scooter rentals motorized? on that uh some of them like- are, some of them are, are you have the motorized scooters and then you have uh then you have like the jump bikes that are uh electronically assisted and oh, that's yeah. the reason why they kept breaking down was the batteries were going dead and then apparently we could they couldn't keep going with the batter i don't know it just yeah. they kept getting locked up I spent a lot of money on bike and scooter rentals on that trip, a, yeah. a, a considerable amount. You know, I was in uh, I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we rented scooters and rode back to the hotel on scooters. And I had to rent two scooters, and I think the Uber was going to cost me eight dollars, and then the scooter rental to just ride scooters back ended up costing me like forty eight or sixty or something, like way more. It was way more expensive to rent a scooter than it was just an Uber. Yeah. I should have just Ubered. But the thing is, though, every time I travel, that is the highlight of the travel to me. To get the scooters and scooters stuff? Scooters or bikes. Yeah, fun. that's what I like to do. I like, I'll like i go get a little electric, electric scooter or a bike, and I'll just go see the city on that. Every time you, I'm, I'm I mean, in New Orleans, I don't drive. Yeah, you can get in places. You don't have to worry about traffic, and you can really see the city. Yeah. Like, if I'm traveling, I want to see the city. I want to I wanna feel the vibe of the town does that make sense like yeah. like the energy of the city like i want to like i want to smell it unless i'm in new orleans and that part's not fun but <laughs> i want to smell it and feel it and feel the air and the see the people and it's just a you see things when you're on a bicycle or you're walking or you're on a scooter or whatever like when you're when you're not in a car you see things that you don't see otherwise. That's why I like motorcycles too. That's why I like riding motorcycles. Yeah. It's just a different ex- r- driving experience. It's you're more, you're like part. Like when you're in a car, you're separate from everything around you. Mm-hmm. Even with your windows down, you're, it's still a, it's still you're in here and that's out there. And when you're on a bike or and convertibles are a little bit that way too. Like you really feel like you're like wow, I'm really, yeah. I'm just I'm outside. When y'all just went going to um, when y'all went to Scottsdale and y'all did that hike. Yeah, was it over? Did you look out over the city, or was that off in the wilderness, or what? Could you see over the, like the town of Scottsdale? Uh, or was it even that high? Yeah, it was high. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got pictures on my phone. Actually, I don't have my phone That's on. Right. I saw your the short. Yeah, I didn't. YouTube. I didn't put any of my my. Sh- I didn't put any of my. If you oh, you got me on Snapchat, you may have seen it on Snapchat. I, I didn't put any the stuff on my the YouTube. I forgot to upload, so it didn't. It, right, didn't, it didn't. Fin- that's why I was, it didn't finish out. It didn't finish. So because I finished it 
filming on my phone mm -hmm. and I forgot to put that stuff up in there. So the stuff at the top of the mountain, you couldn't really, okay. couldn't really see. That's a nice area though. That's a, that's a nice area. I've been there neither. I've been through Flagstaff. Um, that's, well, that's about it. Oh, and then, uh, at Lake Havasu, but that's it. Never been to one of those places. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point now these past several years where I'm like, I'm starting to travel more yeah. and starting to see things. And, and, and what I found for me was, go into like conferences and like business stuff mm -hmm. gives me the excuse to do it. Yeah. You know, like I, like it's hard for me to wrap my head around spending a thousand dollars for a plane ticket or for two plane tickets and then a hotel and all the money we're going to spend on food and everything just for us to go on vacation. Mm -hmm. But if I'm there for business anyway, I can write all that off mm -hmm. and I don't feel guilty about spending the money, Yeah, you know, but I feel guilty about vacationing, especially vacationing without the kids. And I don't want to drag all three of my kids through an airport and, you know, fight the rush. You know, I don't want to do all that. You know, I, not with them. Yeah. Maybe drive across country with them. But I don't think they're old enough to really appreciate that. Yeah. And my parents just did that. They just did a cross-country road trip. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, they drove through um, Arizona and Utah. I don't know if they had Utah or not, but they drove all the way, all, drove all the way to California and then up the coast of California and then back across okay. and down. And so they just did made a big – Sorry, I don't know exactly what the route they took, but my son did something similar like that with his uh my wife's parents a few weeks back, but they went up the east coast. They went up through uh Pennsylvania, Vermont, New That's Hampshire, nice. Maine, and then came all the way back down and did all that. That was pretty That's neat. Nice. Yeah. Which that stuff like that's cool. I've never done that. Yeah. I'd like to do all that. I've I'll, been a lot of states, but too. never really as an adult. I mean Really? Yeah. I've uh, I've done way more traveling. When I was a kid, man. Everybody just kind of went the same places. Every year we kind of went the same places. You know, if we went to the beach, we'd go to Orange Beach or Gulf Shores. We went to Pensacola a time or two. Went to Orlando twice, but one time was for business. Um, and then we went to Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was kind of where we went every year. We didn't really, we didn't really travel outside of those areas much. And now that I'm getting older, I'm like, okay, I don't really want to keep going to the same places. I want to, I want to see the world. I want to see. Yeah. Stuff and I was gonna go to Thailand before COVID hit, right before COVID hit. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah and I was uh, I was gonna buy that ticket and wasn't really looking forward to the flight because I don't really like flying. But that would have been neat. I was gonna spend a week in Thailand and I was really excited about that. I um, when I was in the military, we stopped over from uh, Japan, going to the Middle East, and stopped in Thailand for a few hours. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, just those few hours, I was like, man, I want to. I wish I could stay here and experience it. But yeah, just don't, anybody. just don't. You know, stay away from the lady boys. Lady Unless boys. you're into that. No, I'm not. Unless you're into that. I'm not here to judge, man. I'd like to. I, you know, I'd like to train in Thailand. I'd like to go and it's cheap. You know, yeah. I'd like to go and and spend a week or two just training and and kind of just being in the culture and kind of seeing things and then come. I wouldn't want to stay longer than like two weeks though. Yeah. A week or two, like ten days, seven seven to fourteen days. Ten days probably optimal. It's about as long as I'd want to be there. Even anywhere, even if you're at the beach, anywhere. Along, um, it's easy to get homesick. Even if <clears throat> yeah, they say they say the perfect length of a vacation is ten days. Okay. They like from a, like a scientific standpoint or whatever. Like from studies, if you stay beyond ten days, you're not really recharging anymore. You're not really like it's not really re like you're not really adding that much to the trip. If you stay less than ten days, you're not fully yeah. like experiencing <laughs> what you could. So like they say, ten days is the perfect length. Especially if I'm gonna get on a plane for like 10, 12, 14 hours. Yeah, I hate flying. To me, a four-hour flight is terrible. 
Um, I'm so big. Now, first class isn't bad. I've, mm-hmm. I've flown first class before. It's not bad, but I'm so big and so wide and so tall, and I've got bad knees. And so I don't see how people like Brian Shaw do it. Like yeah. the like the world's strongest man, I saw, I saw them with him with him flying. He was flying coach. You would need ten days for to fly somewhere that far because jet lag is real. Yeah, um, and that's tough to handle too. Right. I mean, I need I need to I need to kind of recover. Yep. Then I need to, you know, I need to to experience it, and and I don't want to just like I, when I went to Scottsdale, even though that was only a four hour flight. It felt like we got off the plane, we spent the night, and got back on the plane almost. And we were there for two days, but. It just didn't feel like we were there. It felt like I didn't really get to see it, you know. And I was in, I and during the day because this time normally, if I go for like one of those events, I'll come in a day or two early and leave a day or two after. So I'm there for I'm there for five days, and we're doing business three out of five days or two out of five days or whatever. And I'm getting to see the city at least two of the days. This time, we flew in. We got there the night before the event started, like in time to go to sleep. I seen that y'all. You had some issues. With yeah, <laughs> I missed a. I missed my flight. Yeah, uh, I booked a flight out of Atlanta, and I forgot about the time change. So I thought we had time to get there. Like we were running a little behind without the time change. Yeah. And then we got in the car and we type it in, and she's like, "Well, this says we're gonna get there at like one p.m." And I'm like, "No, our flight leaves at noon." Like. Or, or at twelve thirty, like it's a three and a half four hour drive. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then it dawned on me. The time change, man. It'll we get switched you. to Eastern time oh. when we cross over to Georgia, and so I punch it. I'm gonna tell you right now. I was driving like I was Vin Diesel on Fast and Furious. I was changing lanes. I was doing 110 the whole way there. Just zoom, zoom, zoom. I can't believe I didn't get a ticket. I got super lucky a couple times because I happened to slow down, and then we'd pass a cop. Happened twice. Um blessed blessed bro so i fly the whole way there we get there um rush in we're like they say get there 45 minutes before the flight leaves for check-in and i get there it's like 30 minutes before the flight leaves and they're like nope we're not we can't even check the bags sorry what and i'm like for real like we got 30 minutes for the flight leaves and she's just like all shoulders about the whole thing just like <laughs> and she was like, "Well, we could try to put it was it was Frontier." And she was like, "We could we could put try to put you was it Frontier? Was that was that was that name one? It sounds like one, yeah. I think it was Frontier, yeah. She's like, "We can try to put you on another flight." And she was like, "But it the next one that we have going to Phoenix is an 8-hour layover in Vegas and doesn't leave until tonight. So you won't get there till tomorrow night." And the event started the next the, the next day. So I'd have missed half the event. Yeah. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't do that. And money was tight. Like I'm, we, we, I'm going to like, cause I need to get the gym mm-hmm. back doing right and doing what it needs to do because I didn't have that much money and I just had to make a decision. I was like, I got to either invest this money in this trip or not invest it, but I could end up losing, you know, I need, I need to go like, Invest in myself, invest yeah, in my yeah. business knowledge and how to get the gym to the next level. So I went to um, American Airlines and I spent another $900 Ooh, golly. on plane tickets for me and my wife, a one-way trip to get there. And we flew Frontier on the way home. By the way, American was was more expensive, but way nicer. But the 
the trip itself is beneficial though oh yeah i learned a lot on the trip and i I, I took some good notes and they helped they helped me get like a plan together i'm gonna be honest man uh if you're struggling if you own a business and you're struggling you need mentors you need to be in a mastermind group you need people around you trips like that are not just a way for me to make a take a vacation like they are necessary like you need to be in groups like that I was uh, I was talking about this yesterday, man. Uh, yesterday, the day before, because I made that post about uh, how rich people use debt, and people on YouTube just lost their minds. Like, and here's the thing: okay, if you don't want to believe what I'm saying, that's cool because I'm not super rich. You know, I've done okay, I've done all, all right, especially with what I do. I've done all right, um, but I'm not. I don't have a hundred million dollars. Like, I'm not a you know, I'm not a multi multi millionaire. I don't drive a Bugatti. I'm not. I'm not riding around in a, in a Ferrari or a Lambo. I don't, you know what I mean? So, I'm, hey, if you don't want to take my advice on anything, that's cool. I don't blame you. But, and so, hey, if you if people want to be disrespectful or, or, or sad, I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, I'm just telling you what I've heard. But then I got on, there was this post by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, is that his name, Robert Kiyosaki? The rich bad, dad, poor dad guy. And I've got on posts by like him or Jordan Belfort, which, you know, the whole Wolf of Wall Street people are going to keep trolling him. But these rich people, these super rich people that have written books and have groups where tons of people are like, this person helped me get super rich. And you read in the comments and it's all these broken efforts just mad about it. Like, bro, you live probably for the first time in history, definitely in the last hundred years of being the first time in history, that there are rich people who want to help you get rich, who are teaching you what rich people do. The information is out there. It's in books. It's in podcasts. It's on YouTube. It's in free content. You can join groups and get, you know, uh, even better content. There are people who literally are invested in helping you get rich. And instead of that, people just want to get mad and talk shit. Well, they get, I think they get envious and then they get angry too and they just want it given to them. Cool. And, and then they but, get mad because it's not given to them. And, well, but you're going to have those. Of course you are. I don't know, man. I just, but I, get, I, I see, read I that. I read that and it's like, I will only accept you being critical if you tried it and gave it 100% what they said first. Right, yeah. If you tried what they said and it didn't work for you, okay. You have, like, I'm still not going to say it doesn't work. It just didn't work for you that time. Because anytime you do something to try to get rich, it's a gamble. Like, you, there is a chance that it doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. There is a chance you go broke. That's always a possibility. But rich people literally are like, hey, guys, this is how I did it. Boom. Hey, this is how I did it. And if you'll look, they're all kind of saying the same stuff. Mm-hmm. They're not like some, one person will say this versus that, and there's like some little squabbles, but pretty much they're all saying the same things. And then people just shit on them. Like, yep. and don't get me wrong, I get that they're getting richer by telling you this, mm-hmm. and that's why they're doing it. That's okay too. Yeah, it's okay for people to be rich. Of course, it's okay for people to have more than you. <clears throat> Shut up. Shut up and learn. But you're so busy telling everybody how they're wrong telling everybody how they don't know what they're talking about. When you haven't done it and you haven't tried the things that they're saying, how do you know? 
You're mm-hmm. just being a little bitch. You're just like, being a hater. I feel like those ones that, that make those comments and all that are the participation trophy kids. Like, gotta got, be. You know, they got all those trophies their whole life, and now they're like, well, you're rich. Give me some of your money. How come? Gotta be. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like that's what it is. Like, I was, I was listening to Robert Kiyosaki, and he was explaining uh, the different types of income. And he's like, hey, this is the reason why you're never going to be able to tax the rich. It's because the rich don't live on earned income. They don't work for their money. Like, the rich use passive income and portfolio income, and earned income is a very small portion of the money that they're making. Um, and people in the comments, and then he's like, if you want to get rich, this is how you do it. You da-da-da-da. And people in the comments are just like, yeah, we know how y'all are screwing us over uh, <laughs> with your, you know, like da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, bro, he's giving you the game. He's giving you the game. I see him come across Instagram all the time. Yeah. I get a couple of ones that I follow and they're like, here's my plan. Like, this is no BS. Like, I, this is exactly what I do. I made this much this month. I got this guy under me. He made this much uh, last month booking booking appointments for me. Let me know and I'll DM you exactly how to do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I see them all day across. Yeah. And, yeah, they're they're going to sell you something. Of course they are. That's the way yeah. the money makes the world go, yeah. go around. But, dude, just listening to these people who are just mad – even if you don't want to do it, even like my limiting belief video that was on TikTok and YouTube for a while back got a lot of flack too because people, what's wrong with working with your hands? Nothing. If you're happy oh, yeah. with it, then there's nothing wrong oh, with yeah, it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. But with dude, it. don't. If you're sitting there bitching at me on my post, you're clearly not happy. Yep. If you're bitching at me and like meh, 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 you you don't yeah yeah yeah, it's not so easy. Like. Just shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. I don't know, man. That's like my pet peeve is little do-nothing bitches, man. Little yeah. do-nothing, ungrateful, lazy. Everybody in this generation right now is so lazy. Everybody's so lazy. Everybody is just like, uh, my mental health requires this much time off for work. I'm not going to work 40 hours. I need time with my family, and I need – well, then go set your life up in a way you can do that. Yeah. That's fine, but quit bitching. Quit, com- like, everybody just wants to complain. I think it's a social media thing because literally we're on a podcast and I'm bitching about people bitching. That's how, <laughs> that's how popular it is to bitch these days. You know what I mean? Like, I'm making, a, I'm making content bitching about bitching, but, I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I, I read and I listen to these comments. I read, I listen to these videos of these absolutely have, ain't never done shit with their life people. And they're being critical of Grant Cardone. They're being critical of Gary Vee. They're being critical of Robert Kiyosaki. And like these, these individuals like Gary Vee has never done anything other than try to give mm-hmm. to other people. His whole life is like, I'm going to give away all this content. I'm going to show people how to do it. I'm going to encourage other people. Hey, just give as much away for free as you can. Give as much content away for free as you can. Uh, give them so much value so when it does come time to buy, they, you've built, built up so much reciprocity, people just want to buy from you. Mm-hmm. That's the business model that a lot of these guys take. And people are mad at them about it. And it just doesn't make any sense. I don't. I don't, I don't understand I don't how you can be angry at someone for being successful, and I don't understand how you can be angry at somebody for trying to help other people. Well, there's just a – I don't think it's just that. There's just those people who just want to um, 
who are unhappy with other people's success because yeah. it's not theirs. But I don't, I don't, I don't get that neither. It's it, it, it's why. a it's a uh, scarcity mindset. I mean, it's even so, like the keyboard warriors for like MMA and stuff. Like, yeah, the guy sitting on the couch, like he should have done this, he should have done that. I mean, you're you're basically upset because you didn't put forth your effort to go out there. Right, you're not even in there. Right, yeah. You don't. You can't say anything. You're not even in there. Yep. You don't compete in anything. Yep. You you work at Burger King and you and and eat French fries and and. You don't do anything with your life. But they're watching a form of entertainment and still have the mode to bitch about it. Right. I think think a lot of people, when it comes to the money thing, though, it's a scarcity thing. They have this mindset that if someone else is making a lot of money, that means there's less money for everybody else. So the poor, you're keeping the poor people poor if you're rich. And that's, it's it's socialism is what it is. It's it's the socialist mentality that has kind of taken over and it holds a lot of people back. Um, holds a lot of people back from being successful because you will never have more than you think that you should, first off. You will never allow yourself to have more than you think that you should. If you believe that you're only worth 50000 a year, you will never make more than 50000 a year. Mm-hmm. If you only believe you're worth $100,000, you'll never make more than $100,000. you will only allow yourself to get what you believe you're worth. Um, the other thing is if you believe that there's only so much out there, it makes you behave in a certain way of scarcity because, oh, there money's hard to make. You can't, there's not a lot of money out there. There's, there's not, there's not enough for everybody. And that makes you behave with scarcity. So you're very tight knit with your money, very tight gripped with your money. Rather you're very, uh, like you and your money homeboys tight knit, bro. Uh, you're very tight gripped with your money. You're very, um, you're, you're very anxious about spending money in marketing anxious about spending money on new investments and so you try to get your money and you hold it and the harder you hold your money the money's going to slip between your fingers most of the time you're going to find dumb you're going to spend it on a dinner you're going to spend it on something stupid and you didn't spend it on yourself learning how to do sales learning how to market learning how to uh, invest in real estate yada 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 the things you should have spent your money on Instead, you're like, oh, I got to hold I got this little bit of money. Let me hold it as tight as I can because money's hard to make. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's how your parents trained you. Your parents raised you to believe. I mean, I've, I've been guilty of that. In the past. Yeah, we were, talking about, we were talking about uh, limiting beliefs, and that was one of the posts, you know, where I said, like, being overly proud to be blue collar can be a limiting belief. One of the biggest limiting beliefs that our parents taught us, and I, I get why they taught it, but money doesn't grow on. Freeze. Penny saved is a penny. Earned. Yep. We're 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 it's driven in us from the time we're a kid. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money's hard to make. It's hard to make money out here. And yes, it can be, but you see people that come up from nothing, mm-hmm. they have a different mindset. It's just interesting. And here's the thing. Money's hard, has been hard for me to make too. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that I've got it figured out, but what I am saying is how I spend my time. Instead of looking at people who do have it figured out and hating them, I look at them. I'm like, what do they know that I don't? Mm-hmm. How, what can I learn from them? Yep. And that's to me, that's how progress is made. Yep. Anyway, it's about that time. We're going to wrap it up right here. Thank you guys so much for watching this Wednesday. Well, it came out on Wednesday, whatever day you're watching. We'll see you all on the next episode of the Man Up Podcast. You got anything for them before we leave? No. Happy Halloween. Well, late Halloween now. Late this Halloween. Is when oh, it comes out Wednesday. Thank you guys. See you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.